Raise a call and we're closed. Wait! I only get one phone call. I'm... in prison. Huh. A slammer, huh? I've <laughs> been there myself. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm listening. Are you Ray Stans, the Ghostbuster? And now I'm hanging up. Hang on, please. I... I'm calling about Egon Spangler. Egon Spangler can rot in hell. Very nice. All right. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast. I am Sam. And I'm Will. And, uh, well, this week, as you know, Will chose the form of the Destructor. And uh, <laughs> that's why we are talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, the uh, third, no, the the third canonical fourth made uh, Ghostbusters movie. And uh, I mean, I'm just going to say right off the bat, I this movie was not available to rent uh, and it was not streaming anywhere. So I had to buy it. And then after I bought it, I realized it was on Stars, so I could have at least gotten like a trial of Stars to watch it. And then immediately after I watched it with my wife, we both got COVID. No joke. <laughs> I have tested positive for COVID for the first time in two and a half years, only after watching Ghostbusters Afterlife. Is it a coincidence? Maybe, but it's not a good look for this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, this movie... Um... So I guess I I kind of went into this expecting to hate it, um, and I didn't. So I guess it it, it succeeded on that level uh, of me not hating the movie. I, I kind of <laughs> feel about it the way I feel about the RoboCop remake, where I like all the stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with Ghostbusters. Yeah, the, the strangest thing about this is its tone, right? I mean, like... It seems to think that the original Ghostbusters was directed by Steven Spielberg and has that Amblin uh, feeling about that movie, which the original Ghostbusters does not have that tone in the slightest. No, not even the Amblin stuff from the 80s has that tone. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but it's just it's so strange to me that like this movie has that reverential feeling to it well it's because every the problem with all legacy sequels is that the characters in it and the tone of the movie regard what's come in the past the same way the fans do as opposed to how it would narratively be in the movie that would make sense well i i don't want to dive right into the thing that as we all know is a bug up my ass about nostalgia movies but <laughs> i think will you can't deny this one is possibly the worst offender well yeah because it just it doesn't make a ton of sense yeah no i mean it's just uh no it doesn't make any sense and we'll get into that in just a moment but i i guess we'll we'll quickly breeze through the history of the ghostbusters franchise the first one ghostbusters came out in 1984 it is all the brainchild of dan Aykroyd, who in addition to being OG Saturday Night Live, a comedian, improv guy, is obsessed with the paranormal, obsessed with the occult, uh, and is a purveyor of fine skullhead vodka. Uh, (laughs) Just a general, all-around, like, very earnestly weird dude. Uh, And I'd say, like, and that's that's very much, he is very much the character of Ray Stans in real life. Like, he's that passionate about this stuff. 
and he built this script originally. It was going to be him and John Belushi. And then as it sort of rolled into the 80s, it, it's, you know, he worked with Ivan Reitman and he worked with Harold Ramis to turn it into this, uh, like, what is a movie that is really lightning in a bottle? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Is there, ev- there is probably no other example of a movie that perfectly balances sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comedy and services all of them equally well. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Ghostbusters 2 comes out in 1989, and one the notable thing in Ghostbusters 2 is that right away, they set up that the Ghostbusters aren't a thing anymore, and they have to restart them. So the whole first act is getting the gang back together and reforming the Ghostbusters, which is the thing that happens at some point in every Ghostbusters movie going forward. <laughs> and yeah. Ghostbusters 2 is like, it's... I don't. I, I watched it again. I watched them both after I watched Afterlife and Ghostbusters two. It, it's it's fine. It's not great. It's like the it's like Mad Max Thunderdome. It's the studio version. Yeah, I mean it, it's um it's it's a little more wholesome. It's a little more. I mean this is also coming off like three or four years of that cartoon, the real Ghostbusters. So it's a lot of that like that sort of feeling and vibe. It was, it's the family-friendly of... Ghostbusters. It's got a lot of yeah. great stuff in it. I love the villain. I love Vigo. And, yeah. you know, Peter McNichol's in it, and he's really good. And, you know, it's still, like, it's all the same creative forces behind it and in the movie. Everyone came back, and no one's, like, Bill Murray's not fully bored yet. So, yeah. like, it's, you know, it's, 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 like, it's hearts in the right place. It's just, you know, it's... The, the law of diminishing returns. Well, and it's just, it's a studio-mandated sequel, so it just kind of retreads the same ground, just a little bit more with the, you know, with the edges sanded off. It's the difference between the first one, where New York feels really real, and everyone smokes, (laughs) and the second one is New York feels like a cartoon, and no one smokes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the Statue of Liberty walks through the thing, and it has this, the the message at the end is to be nice to each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, and, and and again, that's the thing we'll get to when we're talking about Afterlife, is uh, it, Ghostbusters is like a quintessential New York movie. Like, yeah. it was filmed in New York, it, I think, like, at the time, it was a really big deal in New York, the locations <laughs> are still, like, a big thing, the firehouse is still there. Uh, and I think that's something that all of the movies afterwards tried and failed or just didn't try to recapture. Yeah. So now we enter the nineties and the long, long march (laughs) to getting Ghostbusters back off the ground. Originally early nineties, Aykroyd wrote a script called Ghostbusters three Hellbent, And the, Essentially, the plot of that was going to be that they would go to a hell dimension version of Manhattan called Manhattan uh, and meet like <laughs> hellish cartoony car- versions of everyone and they would meet the devil. And uh, that was kind of the script that was the that got worked and reworked over time throughout the 90s and ultimately got a lot of it got repurposed into the video game. Right. Um, right. And so like basically... No matter what hat they came up with, him, Ramus, Reitman, everyone else in the 90s, Bill Murray said no every <laughs> step of the way. And I think I was thinking about it. And I think the problem is I think they just didn't catch him in that one window in the 90s where he wasn't cool anymore. Right. And that's when yeah. he would have gone for it. Because early 90s, he's coming off of 
like uh, Groundhog Day. What about Bob? He's he's like he's starting to be taken seriously. He's a leading comedic actor. Uh, and then the late '90s is the Wes Anderson era where he becomes right, like right. an indie darling. But there's that middle period where he, he was doing like. <laughs> larger than life and the man who knew too little like that's that's when they should have tried to catch him uh yeah yes i think you're right i think that's when they could have gotten it got it made but my understanding is that script was also like hideously expensive to produce. oh yeah i mean i i'm sure considering i think ivan reitman once said that the original draft of ghostbusters was the size of a phone book and was set in space and like all this other weird stuff <laughs> the, the one thing that the original had that held through the first two movies that I think is the best element of it is that the, the main characters are always these working class guys who right. are just fine ghost hunt busting to be completely mundane. You know, it's like, uh, and that's the best part of those movies is it's like, it's, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it never treats them like superheroes. It's constantly taking the piss out of them. Like the second right. one opens, the second one opens and they're just doing birthday parties and no one likes them. <laughs> Which is like a gag that this movie actually should have used. It feels like it should have been used in like a movie that takes place 20 years after the fact or 30 years after the fact. Yeah. So into the two thousands, uh, they had like a bunch of different writers come and go like Gene Stupnitsky and Lee Eisenberg, Ethan Cohen, who had done Tropic Thunder and they they landed on a script. I think it was the Eaton, Co Eaton Cohen script, uh, and it was going to have new younger leads who were going to be like Columbia University students, and the Ghostbusters are like the old mentors, and it's handing it to a new group, and that was going to go into production in 2015, and that's when Harold Ramis died, which you right. know is very sad, right. and that I think led to Ivan Reitman dropping out, and by the end of 2014 they'd announced the reboot. And that's when we got right. uh, the Ghostbusters reboot in 2016, which is uh, <laughs> an, an okay movie that set a uh, firestorm on the internet. I, that's like the only way I can describe it. Turns out one of the things fans love about Ghostbusters is they all have dicks. <laughs> yeah, for, for, for those who, who weren't online in 2016, the Ghostbusters reboot, or also called Ghostbusters Answer the Call... Um, is a all lady starring Ghostbusters project. Um, with uh, uh, help me out, Sam. I'm uh, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. Right. Uh, and and, also, and, and uh, Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth. That's right. Yes. And uh, it's um, the movie is fine. It's kind of funny. I don't know if I could remember anything about it at this point, but I remember walking out of the theater being like, "That was funny." Um, um but the all internet... I remember, yeah, no, well, the internet lost its shit. Also, if you are someone yeah. who has only ever witnessed, been online post 2016, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it, it's, I, it, it's always been bad, but you're just really, you're catching society at a bad moment. I, 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 yeah. I, I you know, just hang on. <laughs> it might, it, the blockage might clear at some point. But if you're if you're online now and you're seeing people angry about the Woman King or angry that uh, the Little Mermaid that's about to come out isn't the same as the one they jerked off to when they were younger, uh, it kind of all started with the Ghostbust the, the all female Paul Feig Ghostbusters. Yeah, and it was just yeah. because they thought 
they people were just angry and they accused it as all women is just a gimmick to get people in there. It was, you know, they, if woke had been a term, a pejorative term back then, right. they would have said woke. <laughs> but the fact is, the all-female cast is the only thing that isn't a gimmick about a Ghostbusters reboot because it's just trying to trade on Ghostbusters. It was, it's, it's we gotta make something because at the same time as that reboot came out, as Answer the Call, for shorthand, we'll call it Answer the Call, uh, came <laughs> out, they announced the whole Ghost Corp thing. Uh, oh, right, a shared universe of a Ghostbusters shared universe. Projects, there was like, yeah. uh, like uh, the Russo brothers were making one with Chris Pratt, and they were right, gonna. Like, right. It, it was it was nuts. Uh, it was Sony just really wanted a franchise, and and they have. I mean, they've been trying to make Ghostbusters into some sort of big expansive franchise, and I just don't think it's that. But people lost their shit. They got super toxic online. They were horribly abusive to the actors, especially Leslie Jones, being yeah. a woman of color. So obviously, uh, you know, it, people had to get extra awful towards her, even though I'm going to say she was probably the best performance in the movie to me. She was the only one of the four that felt like a real mm. character. Yeah, I mean, and Kate McKinnon was fun, but yes, I, I yeah. completely agree. Well, it's it's one of the things I love about the original Ghostbusters is the dynamic of the four main characters is so set. It's it's Venkman's the mouth, Egon's the brains, Ray is the heart, and Winston's the ordinary guy who can explain it to people. And right. Leslie yeah. Jones was that. She was Winston. She was the non-scientist of the group. But the other three were either too kooky and broad and Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy just didn't feel like very well-drawn characters and it's just it was too broad a comedy and it was just not the things I like from Ghostbusters and and it's you know it's it's fine it's fine there's more than one way to make a Ghostbusters movie it did not warrant I mean nothing warrants but it did not warrant the rage that that people had about it yeah yeah, I mean, and, and as you said, Sam, the movie is fine, and and my biggest problem with it is that it, it does the Paul Feig movie thing where it's like, I'm going to shoot everything and let it cook in the edit, and, and for a movie like Ghostbusters, it doesn't quite work. Yeah, it goes from you a know, script it, the size of a phone book to no script at all. Yeah, exactly, and it seems like there's like a lot of improv in that movie, and the story sort of comes in and out, and to be fair, the story comes in and out of the original Ghostbusters, but because, like you say, it's lightning in a bottle, that movie just works. (laughs) For some magical reason, the original Ghostbusters works. So that came out, didn't do so hot at the box office, so it's back to the drawing board, and then the nostalgia era kicks in. And Jason Reitman, working with Ivan Reitman before he passed away, rest in peace. Uh, uh, this kind of it kind of was a big surprise announcement when Afterlife yeah. was announced. But it's basically like a Force Awakens situation. So we're getting everyone back, and it's going to hand it off to a new generation, sort of. And it's going to be everything you know and love. We're 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 giving it back to the fans, and we're also going to make a movie that is not even remotely a comedy. And also, Egon Spengler had a kid in the early 80s and abandoned them and never saw them. And that was happening in the background of Ghostbusters of <laughs> 1 and 2. Did you know that? And that's how we're going to honor Harold Ramis. <laughs> it, it is so... I mean, I mean, the only way you can make that narrative decision work is if you assume that that um, Carrie Coon's character was born 
right after the events of the original Ghostbusters, and Egon just never mentioned her again. <laughs> but <laughs> just... Ghostbusters 2 is is presumably still canon. So, yeah, I was watching the movie, and I was like, Carrie Coon's not, like, she she's not born in 1990. They're not asking us to believe that. No, and it's it's like and it's not like it's also like it's not like he didn't know he had a daughter. He knew. Right. He just was never involved. This movie. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm going. I'm going in. <laughs> the thing I hate about nostalgia movies, about legacy sequels, and I've said this many times over now, is that they need us to revere these franchises, but at the same time treat them as if treat the characters within as if they're these forgotten, dusty, loser, failure, burnouts that no one remembers and the people that remember them don't really like them. And this movie, I, I, I'm, I'm open to debate on if it's true for Star Wars or Halloween or Picard or any of those others, but this one, it's just yeah. absurd that not only is Egon Spengler, did he abandon his friends steal all the ghost stuff, not ever talk to his family for decades, but also that no one remembers the events of 1984 or 1989. Like, it, it, that's just absurd to me. I'm sorry. It's yeah. like... No... It, it's like, it's it's yeah. the, it, you, basically Paul Rudd is the one guy that remembers it all. And he's like, oh yeah, this was a big deal in the 80s. I can't believe you don't remember this. The Manhattan cross rip. And I'm like watching the movie and I'm thinking that was essentially like if 9-11 happened, but then you also found out that ghosts did it. <laughs> and then like five years later, it happened again. Yeah. <laughs> to Kaiju. The result of ghosts stomped through New York City at different times in the 1980s, and these men saved the world. (laughs) It's like, that would at least be, like, I just just hate this idea that, and then the fact that the villain in this is Gozer again. Right. It's just, I hate the fact that it's like, in the movie, in these movies, nothing else ever happened. Like, they stopped being Ghostbusters. It's the best things about Ghostbusters is that it's going to, it's just, it would have become, they become like a business. They're like exterminators. Ghosts should be mundane. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so the movie starts with no one remembers the Ghostbusters, but by the end, those same characters are like, why didn't you tell me my dad was a Ghostbuster? In the same tone, it's like, why didn't you tell me my dad was Captain America? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that is one of the biggest problems on, on a narrative level. And it, 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 it flummoxes me. I can I, I understand it with Star Wars because in my mind, Star Wars is about the new generation fixing the mistakes of the old. I I, I can buy and, it with Star Wars. And I, Star Wars is is spread across a galaxy, and it's it's deliberately a it's fantasy world bigger, that's right. built on myth and superstition and magic and all of that. This is a world that has always adhered to rules it's still science fiction and it's set in reality they're basically yeah. i forget who said this but I, I what i love what i love it is it's the ghostbusters are heroes that fight magic with science and that's like the fun of the premise and if if this movie had done something not that this is like a, a brilliant idea, but I think it is sort of clever playing with like the Ghostbusters toys. If Walter Peck, the EPA agent who tries to shut them down in the first Ghostbusters, 
if he had somehow become like a in a position of power, like a senator or even like something silly like the president or whatever, and he had convinced the world that these that the Ghostbusters were frauds, then like I could maybe buy it. I could maybe buy that people had forgotten them. You know what I mean? If like that was part of the joke of like the premise. Do you know what I mean? What if even like just change the opening so instead of Egon dying alone, just you could have an opening set in the past, say set in 1992 in Oklahoma, and you have all the Ghostbusters there, and we've got them de-aged so they look like they did in the early 90s, and from Winston and Venkman and and Ray's point of view, Egon sacrificed himself to close this portal and keep Gozer from ever entering again. So they they he's dead, and they think he died saving the world, and they ha- and and there were never ghost sightings again, and they sort of went their separate ways because without Egon, it wasn't really the same. It didn't it it never felt the same again. And then the movie is about the granddaughter realizing wait with the help of the like we the unseen egon ghost realizing wait he needs us he knew that this would happen again and he needs the ghostbusters back and 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 then yeah. and then that ending doesn't feel so the ending with ghost harold ramus doesn't feel so weird and and yeah. forced where they're like it's because yeah. it's not like in real life these guys didn't see each other after 1991. You know, they were all, right. I don't know. It's just such a strange way to go. It's the most extreme way to go. Where like the ultimate, they, like the best they can land on for Egon is I think Carrie Coon says, all right, he wasn't a monster, but he was an asshole. Like we'll yeah. negotiate him up to asshole. And I was like, Egon wasn't an asshole and he wasn't so robotic a person that he couldn't interact with children if he had them right. like he was just an awkward scientist he wasn't like he's not commander data <laughs> yeah and i mean it just speaks to this weird tonal thing that the this movie that is part like one of the biggest problems of this movie is that this movie's trying to do this like spielberg broken family is coming back together through through some genre thing um and the, the original ghostbusters just isn't that like it's it the tone feels so like odd it feels like there's like three different scripts jammed together here like really awkwardly jammed together with like three different tones well and it's and it's it's a movie that claims it's about these new characters and for a good chunk of the movie it is and then at some point in the third act it just it shows its ass and is like nope we're just gonna do the end of Ghostbusters again and get the gang back yeah. together. And as soon as the old Ghostbusters arrive, it's it's pretty much all about them. And yeah. the movie ends with them. Like, we don't get any resolution with the kids. It pans up into the sky, says, for Harold, and everything after that is scenes involving, uh, you know, Ernie Hudson or Bill Murray or Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney we get Weaver. no, like, I. We, there's no, like, setting up that these kids are gonna take on the mantle of the Ghostbusters. It's just, we're done with them. And the the old ones are back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very, it's such a strange, such a strange structure. And, 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 and my biggest problem is just the tones. The yeah. tone, really. Because it's like, this, this isn't funny. It's, there's no, like, the comedy isn't, it, the comedy is very Spielberg E.T. comedy and not, like, 
SNL comedy, well, which is what the original Ghostbusters was. We're we're ignoring the the uh, the Demogorgon in the room. Stranger Things, right? I mean, everything that comes in. It's the same thing with the It uh, adaptation, the two part right. It movie, which also has Finn Wolfhard in it because the law. Yeah. It's law now. You have to have uh, a Stranger <laughs> Things cast member in your movie. Uh, and and Billy Bobby Brown's busy with Godzilla, so yeah. no, it's yeah, he's I mean, in it, it, and and he doesn't have anything to do. He no, I, he fixes the set car. Up, That's... But do they set up that he's a mechanic? Or, like or they anything? do they do in the when in the montage when they're traveling to Oklahoma at the very beginning, uh, you see him fixing the car during that montage. I I know I know right, it's not all right all right. <laughs> You know what this movie didn't have, and there's a lot of things that this didn't have that the original did, but or the second one, uh, no original songs. Like, yeah, where's the really stupid original? Songs? I mean, there is one. It's in the it's in the closing credits, sung by McKenna Grace. Oh, but I'm assuming it's not as good as like Spirit. Some people hear it. Some people feel it. Spirit. <laughs> some people just won't go near it. No, it is not as good as Saving that or the, the original. Saving the day. <laughs> Like, where's that? Like, where's that energy? You know, you could yeah. have this exact movie. I, you know, I think there's some things you sh- you could change that would make it feel less dour and bleak. But I think it's just, like, where's... And, and, it, and it brings me to, like, the question I have. And I wrote this down. And I didn't... I, I just... I want to know, what is it that draws people to Ghostbusters as a franchise? Like, yeah. does everyone really love it for the sci-fi elements? Do we really, is it just that we really just love thinking of these guys as superheroes? Because, or is it some, what is it? Because that's, that's not what I think of that I love about Ghostbusters. I think of, I think of like these dudes, you know, I think of this magnificent feast represents the last of the petty cash. And it's, they're trying to start a small business. And that small business happens to be uh, stopping the end of the world. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm with you. That's sort of where I, I, where I come at it, and I, I love the little bits of like, whenever that first movie sort of starts getting into lore and techno babble, like somebody is there to be like, yeah, 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 whatever. We need to just sort of knuckle down and and deal with something else. You know, we need to deal with the problem at hand. It's like, who cares about Ivo Shandor and and you know, non Lovecraftian nonsense. That's just flavor. And and yeah. it's what's what makes it work is that you have Dan Aykroyd saying it with a complete conviction. Like the mythology yeah. of Ghostbusters is all very, treated very earnestly, but it's it, you know, I and you know obviously there's a lot of expanded stuff with Ghostbusters because they have video games, they have a lot of comics, they have a, a couple different cartoons. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, yeah, I I don't know. It's just I don't know. I, and obviously this is a franchise. It's it's from the '80s, and it's a franchise built around like really iconic props, kind of like Back to the Future, where it's you know there's been fans that have built their own proton packs and traps right. and jumpsuits. It's like uh the five hundred the, the, the five hundred and first with Star Wars and the and the and the car and everything. And this movie fetishizes all of that shit to like an absurd degree. Yeah, I mean even more than like Star Wars than like the Star Wars you know stuff. This like just fetishizes everything in from that original movie. Yeah. It's like, like that, insane. That's, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just a very strange tone because 
I just think it's just, like, you could have gone in a much funnier route and had essentially the same story with the same lead characters. And I just, they went in this, like, and I guess, and I do think that it's Stranger Things has become this conduit to channel all our nostalgia for, like, Amblin, 80s, pop culture stuff into the modern day. And lots of things are trying to ape that. Uh, But I think the thing that makes Stranger Things work is that, A, it's its own original thing. It's, it's not based on anything in particular, and it also doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, it's dramatic, but it's always got a sense of fun to it. And, you know, it, its references are, I mean, sometimes they're, they're, like, completely shameless and outright, but its references are usually more in the vein of lucas referencing you know samurai movies and world war ii movies it uses it as a springboard to tell its own yeah. original story i don't not need, like i don't need to know yeah. who vecna from dungeons and dragons is to appreciate vecna the villain in uh stranger things exactly. just, just yeah and and like yeah that's the thing when you do 80s references right you can bring them back in a way that feels fresh to a whole new audience look it's because of Stranger Things that I heard Kate Bush more this past summer than I had <laughs> yeah. in the 20 years leading up to it. You know, it's... Yeah. And, and, but at the same time, it's, it's... I don't know if this movie is... This movie claims it's trying to deliver Ghostbusters to a new generation, but I don't think it is. I think it's trying to give Ghostbusters to the people that have always had it. Yeah, I mean, it, in a lot of ways, it feels like it's playing to the cheap seats. Um... You know, it, it's weird, Sam. I feel like this movie has the opposite problems that the reboot, that Answer the Call has. Oh yeah, well, it's it's. You know, it, I mean, it's it is, like, and you ans- can. It's ans- it's re- a reaction to Answer the Call as well. Like, well, right, well, right, but like yeah. Answer the Call was like almost wholly focused on comedy, and the story kind of they didn't really care all that much. Yeah, this movie's like focused on the plot and doesn't care about the comedy at all, and. You know, maybe I, I feel like I feel like you need the comedy in order for Ghostbusters to work. It, uh, Ghostbusters is a qu- an, a quotable comedy filled with likable comedic. Car- we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. <sighs> Will, I'm so tired. I'm on so much Sudafed right now. It's it's like two and a half years. I went without COVID, and then I watched this movie, and it just weakens my immune system. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, it's just, and what's what's really annoying about this too is that it the the climax of the movie is the climax of the original Ghostbusters. Yes, it's, it's like it's exactly beat for beat the climax of the original Ghostbusters, and you're just and you're sitting there going, everyone's better than this. Like all the people involved are talented people no, and it, have will, made better, will. It's you know? completely different. J.K. Simmons is there this time. <laughs> And <laughs> Ghostbusters 3 starring J.K. Simmons and Olivia Wilde. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, you know, why bring back Gozer if you're not going to... It's the same thing with your, if you're bringing back the Emperor. Why not do something with him? Because if you bring back Gozer, you can bring back the Demon Dogs. And if you bring back the right? Demon yeah. Dogs, you can yeah, bring yeah. back, I am the Keymaster and I am the Gatekeeper. And there is no whatever, there's only Zool. <laughs> Zool and if you yeah. bring them back, you can bring back the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And For no good goddamn reason well, at it's, all. Well, it's... All right. <laughs> So this movie is set in this small town in Oklahoma, but 
anytime, so, which is fine, uh, but anytime any action happens, the town is suddenly bereft of people. Yeah. Like, Paul Rudd <laughs> goes into this Walmart, and you see people in the background, and then he sees these little Stay Puft Marshmallow guys come to life, which doesn't make any sense, because they're not ghosts, they're just... You know, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Then the only they, they're only Stay Puft Marshmallow Man because the original movie has the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. That's because, the only reason. Because Baby Yoda and Baby Groot and Minions. Uh, <laughs> but as soon as as soon as like the the Devil Dog arrives, uh, every, no one else is there. Yeah. When they're driving around town chasing Muncher, no one is there. The movie feels so empty, and it's like. You know, it's it's established that there's characters in this movie. Yeah. Like they go to the diner and it's full of people. He goes to like hang out with with Lucky up on the like at the mine and there's like a bunch of other kids. But yeah. it it feels it it feel the world does not feel lived in the way the first one does. And I do think that is something that makes the first one work so well is that it it's such a beautiful New York movie. Yeah. And no, I I think you're I think you're you're onto something too. And and also there's all a bunch of like interesting random side characters who sort of pop in and out. There's, you know, or or come in at the, to make life annoying or you know, you have the the maitre d at that at the restaurant the Ghostbusters first go to to like annoy the Ghostbusters. You have Walter Peck, the EPA agent. You yeah. have like you, you have the mayor, you have all these like these funny little characters who just kind of make a texture of the thing. What the hell are you supposed to be? Some kind of cosmonaut? (laughs) Back off, man. I'm a scientist. (laughs) Oh, it's, Uh, I, I don't know. It's, and I get it. It's a franchise and I get it. We all love it. And we want, we always want to cling to the things we love. We want to keep playing with our toys. We don't want to grow up. But that is a hard movie to top, and the guys that created it haven't weren't able to. I think they they would admit it. I don't know. The movie's too heavy-handed in its tone, and I mean, uh, you know, a lot of you you expect sort of there's gonna it, this is a part three, so there are gonna be references to the older movies. There are gonna be like there are gonna talk about it, but. Um, I don't know. This sort of takes it to a whole new level. And especially if you know the first movie pretty well, like there's so much like just shit. Like there's, you know, the stacked books, there's the couch that Dana sits in. There's like all this junk that the movie. Yeah. He's got a crunch bar in his pocket. He's got, there's a, there's, there's a Twinkie. Like, it's like, why is all of this here? None of it makes any sense because it's, you know, the fucking DiCaprio meme from Once Upon a right, Time in is. Hollywood. That's that's what it is. Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty shameless. And it's also like it's just also weird to me because it's not like the the Paul Feig Ghostbusters, the the answer the call didn't have any of that. It was all there. Right. It was clearly a movie yeah. that like knew about all the Ghostbusters actors were in that movie. It had their <laughs> blessing. Yeah. Yeah, and that had Slimer. This didn't even have Slimer. <laughs> That's right. Um, but it's also like, unlike Star Wars or Star Trek or something that's made for a more limited audience, like a horror movie like Halloween. Like Star Wars had that period where it was just something that geeks liked, and it wasn't cool, and it wasn't profitable. Ghostbusters has always been popular. That yeah. movie, yeah. the original's a classic. There was never a point 
since it came out where you couldn't get it on, see it on TV or rent it at your video store or watch it online. It had cartoons and then there was, like, it had the real Ghostbusters, it had the extreme Ghostbusters. We all knew it. It's not some obscure cult classic. It's extremely yeah. popular. It's just <laughs> not something that's designed to be to like carry the weight of a huge franchise. It just has well, the it has the fan base of a huge franchise, but the movie itself doesn't really lend itself to that. No, and and what 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 is so weird to me about Ghostbusters as a franchise is I feel like it would be the easiest thing to just churn out a Ghostbusters movie every year being like now they're dealing with some other world ending yeah. thing well, the, or, the, or... the the idw comics to basically do that and they do yeah. that the pro that's the other problem you if you're gonna make a continuous stream of ghostbusters movies you can't just keep re like redoing the same premise you have to make right. them make them become like a commonplace thing the men in black don't do it the 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 end the organization that is the <laughs> Men in Black don't like start from scratch with every movie. The thing that they right. re litigate in every Men in Black movie is the relationship between uh, Will Smith and J and, K, yeah. and K. Yeah, J and K, uh, which yeah, yeah. works, I mean, which like is this... it works much better, honestly, than yeah. than trying to but... just be like the Men in Black are our history. We got to get them. You know, it's like the Ghostbusters should be should be become mundane like the same way yeah. MI6 is mundane to James Bond you know right i mean and, and that's that's what what baffles me about that about ghostbusters 2 is that instead of being like well we're just going to do a James Bond thing where it's like each new movie is going to be a new adventure and these guys are going to have to deal with it in a different way uh, or come up with new gadgets and gizmos to solve the the ghost problem of the of the week. It's no, we have to restart the premise. We have to patiently explain the premise to the audience and redo it again. And then you have to go through your ghost hunting montage. And then the vi villain's gonna you know present themselves. And then they're gonna have to deal with that. And it's like, I it it just seems like such a slam dunk to me. It's just like. And it's just Here's the new Ghostbusters adventure. <laughs> it's frustrating because I think they they had everything here in this movie to do that, but it's just yeah. like literally the movie ends without that part. Like you could have teed right. up like, hey, you should all come to come. Like Ernie Hudson could say, hey, uh, there's a uh, I I have the perfect place in New York that you can stay at. Cut to they're right. moving into the firehouse. He's owned it the exactly. whole time. Like that that yeah. that's the ending. But they just kind of like the movie just wanders away from the kids. To do like right. you know a scene of uh, electroshock stuff with uh, Bill Murray and Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. Yeah, yeah. It just it doesn't. And it, it's I, I mean I, I've been kind of shitting on the movie for the past you know forty minutes, but I didn't hate the movie, and and it's not a bad movie. It's just not a very good one. No, <laughs> it's. It's just, it epitomizes everything that frustrates me about this kind of movie in modern blockbusters, where it's like, yeah. who is this for? Why do we want it so bad? And why <laughs> does it treat the characters the way it does? This paradox that I can't wrap my head around where it's, you know, like, like the Ghostbusters are this relic of the past that we're unearthing and dusting off and making relevant again, when... We all know that's not the case. Like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. it's 
It should be starting off with everything fine and dandy and, and, and routine to the point where the characters are complacent, and then you throw them for a loop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I just, it, and I, I mean, it, it just seems like this, you know, as, as much as I said, oh, it's a slam dunk, I, it, maybe it's not. Maybe this is just not something that can be franchised. Maybe Ghostbusters just can't really sustain I think, itself. I think it'll make a hell of a good animated series. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it did. I mean, I haven't watched that since I was a kid. I, the, the, real the problem Ghostbusters. is with with feature films, there are very few franchises that are around long enough and make enough chapters to become episodic. And right. you know, yeah. like, and the the only ones one I can think of is James Bond. And James Bond yeah. has had the had had the luxury of uh, time, all the time in the world, if you will, and uh, <laughs> you know, and the foresight to keep like refreshing the character with a new actor every few years. Like that was the smartest move they could have made was get like Connery yeah. left and they brought in someone else and set the precedent of this character exists beyond the rules of space and time and just has new adventures, you know, forever and ever. And, you know, on a filmmaking level, it sort of lets, it doesn't let the movie, the it doesn't let the character stagnate. In other words, you can be like, oh, the Bourne movies are popular now. We can kind of do our own version of that with James Bond or, oh, you know, yeah, I mean, James, as, James, as have been James Bond, smarter people than I have said this. Well, but, it, it, <laughs> no, it's, it's James Bond has always sort of very rarely is James Bond. James Bond has at its best been the trendsetter. And at its worst right. is aping the trends of the time. Like Star yeah. Wars comes out and then there's Moonraker. Blaxploitation <laughs> movies are big. There's Live and Let Die. The Matrix is huge. Die Another Day is going to have like a bullet come at the screen and the gun barrel thing. <laughs> you know, uh, Quantum of Solace is a Bourne movie. Skyfall is a Christopher Nolan movie. Spectre is a Marvel movie. It's, you know, that's, yeah. it's, and again, that's fine to a point. And it works yeah. for James Bond to a point. We'll get to James Bond someday. Uh, and James Bond, I think, is a very unique and special character that it's yeah. very hard to replicate. Uh, but I don't yeah. think that's Ghostbusters. I mean, it could be, but you'd have to, like, it's kind of, you got to leave it all behind. You kind of, you'd have to yeah. pull, like, a Star Trek 2009 and just, yeah. like, completely Reset. reboot it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And, 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 and I think, yeah, as as we said, I think that original movie and and by all rights, the making of the original movie was like a headache on everybody's part. Putting it together and making it work, and and it just it really is. It's lightning in a bottle that it all like that the special effects work, that the the story actually hangs together in some way, and uh, and the chemistry between the the four guys is great. Like it just it yeah, it's lightning in a bottle, and and replicating it, I think, is just a mistake. <laughs> And and it's and it's still just a wonderful, wonderful movie that has stood the test of time and is an amazing comedy and a great, you know, like mashup of genres. And as long as you don't think about the fact that the world was going to end and Egon did not even try to call his daughter, uh, <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just that's such a confusing story. Just the, the, the thing movie. that threw me for the whole movie was just everything they established with Egon. Like, yeah, like 
when when he left when he abandoned Ray, like the idea that Ray wouldn't believe him. Like if you've watched the first two, those guys, Ray would have followed him into the breach. Like yeah, there is no yeah, universe like, where Ray and Egon wouldn't have been in completely in lockstep to say yeah, like and, if something was happening. Well, and even even if it if you do have the the whole you know the story of Egon abandons the Ghostbusters because he's convinced the world is going to end. Maybe make the main character, the kids in the movie, not related to him. And maybe they're in this town and they discover his, the, you know, the old spooky house up on the hill. They discover him. They discover all the Ghostbusting equipment. And that's what leads you into the wider Ghostbusters universe. Not having this, this weird connection. Yeah. No. That's, and you could also make it that like people know that the make it that the stuff that happened with the originals is known. Like it yeah. could be like, oh, the Ghostbusters, whatever. Ha- Egon Spengler disappeared one day. No one knows whatever happened to him. You know, it's it's yeah. And the Ghostbusters disbanded. You yeah, know, like, but I I don't I don't know. It doesn't buy you anything in this movie to have. And also, the movie doesn't know how to play it. Like, it can't decide whether or not the stuff in, in New York is known or it's not. Because when they bring it up at one point, Finn Wolfhard is like, oh, yeah, the ghost attack on ghost but- on New York. And you're like, wait a minute. I yeah. thought this was, like, a thing no one knew about. Yeah, the movie can't decide, like, how it feels about the Ghostbusters and how the characters should yeah. regard the Ghostbusters. Because sometimes they're completely forgotten relics of the past, and it's sometimes they're Captain America, like I said. Yeah. It, yeah, so it's just it's uh, it's a confused movie, um, a confused franchise. And it's a fr- it's a frustrating know. experience. I was frustrated because yeah, because yeah. I, 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 I I also I, I thought um uh there's a lot of the actors in this deserved better. They deserved a yeah, better absolutely. movie. Like McKenna Grace like, was really good. I thought she 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 was a great lead. You know. And Paul Rudd was fun, too. Yeah. And, and Carrie Coon was fun, too. Like, you know, again, it just felt like it was just a waste of talent, like, going through the motions of the original Ghostbusters in this this, this Spielbergian tone. Yeah. And I'd say as a third movie, because it's barely a third movie, it, it doesn't, yeah. no one, no, nothing of a reference, there's no ref, no one makes a reference to the slime or to vigo or to yamush <laughs> or the statue of liberty coming to life uh yeah. you know even like even the star wars saga still references the prequels you know it's <laughs> but it like i don't it doesn't really work to me as a legacy sequel and it doesn't really no. work as a reboot like a, a soft reboot either it just it feels like it's stuck and it's like i don't know where it's gonna go from there like up uh, I'm assuming that the sequel will bring these kids back, but this movie does a really bad job of getting you excited for that. You don't feel excited for that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, I guess that means it's my turn now. And it is. I was thinking I was thinking hard about this one. There's a lot of ways we could go. And I know it's it's October and I I should probably pick a scary movie, but I might wait uh, on that because I was thinking a lot about this and. You know, I was listening to the end of the uh, the Ain't It Cool News podcast, the download uh, series on Harry Knowles, and he reviewed this movie, and he was really, really angry that the main character, or, or not the main character, that the, the, the grown-up kid, the kid who was grown up in the movie, gave up his toys and let go of his childhood. 
And we've been talking a lot about these movies about, you know, where it just seems like it's fans and filmmakers unwilling to put down their toys. So I think we're going to talk about Toy Story 3. All right. All right. A very different thing, franchise, than we've attacked lately. Uh, no, yeah, very different. And also, we, for two animation writers, we have not yet we done an animated done movie. An animated... Yeah. Well, I mean... To be fair, there's not a lot of good part threes. No, uh, it's, it's animated movie part threes, mm. uh, except for the one <laughs> one you just were gonna do. Aladdin so. and the King of Thieves. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> Lion King one and a half. <laughs> but yeah, Toy Story three, a movie that, in my opinion, is not trying to introduce Toy Story to a new audience. I think that no. movie is very much meant for the adults that grew up with the first two movies. I agree. I mean, I tried... uh, My son has watched Toy Story 1 and 2, and we tried... I tried showing him Toy Story 3. He couldn't really get into it. Um, You know, it might have just been the day, but he he just kind of was like, eh, whatever. (laughs) It's a very different movie than the first two. Yeah, it really is. It has some very dark stuff in it. It has... A very it's emotional not as funny. ending. No, it's not as funny. It's got it's, and that's why I think I think it's you know obviously it's a movie that's going to be marketed to kids. It's a Disney Pixar movie, but I think that movie yeah. has something to say to the people that grew up with uh, the, the the first two, and that uh, a message that I think uh, it needs to be said sometimes when it comes to these <laughs> sort of you know, it's, it's you got to let go. You got to let go of the yeah. past. You know, or you have to be okay with new people playing with your toys or exactly you got to be adaptable to the new to new things and and new environments and you know maybe a black mermaid i mean you know maybe you could just be okay with that and accept it maybe 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 just be like andy (laughs) and it's emotional it's hard to know that you're not the target audience anymore but it's okay to let this young female person of color play with your buzz light your action figure (laughs) And not yes. not hurl invective at her and her family on their front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then and and also you can play with them too at the same yes. time. You can make all these new thing. memories together, and 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 it's the things you love aren't going anywhere. There will always be <laughs> Ghostbusters. We can, and and we can't. You know, we all want to be young again. We all want to be anywhere but where we are in life (laughs) you know it it, but you also have to know that like art and the industry move forward the audience there's always gonna be a younger audience coming up and honestly it's it's the filmmakers responsibility to give them give them what where is their ghostbusters and their back to the future you know like don't you want to be the one that gave them that don't you want to be the one that hands woody to a new audience and like you know you're the like passing the torch as opposed to a movie that only pretends to be like that and is really secretly for for you to cling to you know it's not really about these little kids it's about you getting to see bill murray in that jumpsuit again (laughs) which a very important part of everyone's life i guess that really needed to happen He, he i mean he was. It took as many years to get him in that jumpsuit as it took them to get Harrison Ford back on the Millennium Falcon. 
And I think their <laughs> conditions for a long time were the same with both, which was like, you have to kill me. I want, Ven- <laughs> I want like, both of them were like, I want Solo and Venkman to die. Die. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. What a... And now it's just, I mean, Hollywood is just, it's just continual, just IP but regurgitation. But you never know what's going to come along and and spark something with people. Like, here's the thing with Stranger Things. Yeah, it is wholesale lifting things from the 80s and 80s references. And it is absolutely trading on nostalgia. But there is a whole audience for Stranger Things that was not alive in the 80s and 90s and doesn't get those references, and they still love that show. Or don't get... I mean, and, and that's the thing, is because that show is more than the references. And and that show made compelling characters uh, that you don't need to have seen, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, I seriously doubt a lot, a lot of seven-year-olds in 1977 went into the theater and saw Star Wars and had their minds blown because of this update, because it reminded them of the Hidden Fortress. Oh, by Flash Carson. Gordon. Yeah. Or Flash Gordon. No. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's... It, the, we, it's it, there's something about, like, you take the things that you loved from this old stuff and you find a way to, like, repackage it and repurpose it until it becomes something new and unrecognizable in a good and way. And combine it, too. Yeah. yeah, and combine it, too. Like, take the, take the things you love, take parts of it here and parts of it there, and mash it together. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. uh... And, and if you're not understanding that until you've listened to this podcast, then it might be too late. <laughs> I'm very punchy, gang. I'm, I'm so yeah. sorry. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, until next time uh, with Toy Story 3, uh, Will, always a delight, always a pleasure. Always. Uh, th- this this movie was tough, and it came to me at a difficult time in my life, <laughs> a difficult couple of weeks, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to really forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. If I had known it would give you COVID, this was not the movie I would have chosen. Nah, look, we knew this one was going to be loaded when we, when we got <laughs> in. I knew what I was getting into. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, there's going to be tough ones to come. Uh, but there's also, uh, like, a lot of stuff that we're excited to talk about in the coming weeks. Like, we got some good Halloween stuff coming up. Both Halloween with or without the trademark on the end of it. Michael Myers Halloween and the Holiday Halloween, because there's some good horror part threes uh, yet to be discussed. Uh, But until next time, as always, I am Sam. And I am Will. And we will see you later. I ain't afraid of no ghost. He's something strange and he don't look good. (laughs) Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Too cop to handle, too cold to hold. You call the <laughs> Ghostbusters and they're out of control. <laughs> the reference that annoyed me the most in this movie is when they said, who you gonna call? That, when they're in the in the jail. It's <laughs> like, what are you talking, guys? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, because in their universe, people just ask that earnestly. Whereas in our yeah. universe, if you say who you gonna call, there's only one You're answer. You're Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ah. Uh.
Yeah, harumph. But that's harumph. that's two late thirties millennials for you. We're just a harumph. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Uh, Good night.